That's a dead one. Holloway. Four seconds. Holloway went to the floor, to the rim. Oh! And welcome to Hall Ball, a Seton Hall men's basketball podcast for the fans, by the fans. I'm your host, Anthony, and before the Pirate Ship sets sail to Florida for Seton Hall's Thanksgiving evening matchup with Memphis, we're going to recap Seton Hall's 1-1 week at home. First, Seton Hall fell to Iowa, 83-67. Murray for Iowa finished with 29 points and 11 rebounds, getting whatever he wanted against the Pirates. Iowa also had four starters and double figures. For Seton Hall, Jameer Harris and Kadari Richmond both finished with 11 points. Tyree Samuel, who was in foul trouble nearly the entire game, finished with nine points and eight rebounds and near double-double, which is very impressive in terms of the minutes he played due to the foul trouble. Dre Davis finished with 13 points and four rebounds for Seton Hall. He was very impressive in terms of getting to the rim and scoring and provided a spark for the Pirates off of the bench. Seton Hall started off the game strong before they went to the first media timeout. Tyree Samuel did a great job of establishing himself down low for Seton Hall early. But after the first media timeout, Seton Hall substituted Kadari Richmond and Tyree Samuel. And then their lead quickly vanished. And as Seton Hall went to put Tyree Samuel back in the game... Offensively, he picked up a questionable foul on a charge in which he made the layup. The call was a charge. Obviously, the basket didn't count. Then on the next possession, he picked up a hip check foul away from the basket, which, you know, stupid foul, questionable call again. But now Tyree Samuel, who had done a good job establishing himself down low early for Seton Hall, picks up two quick fouls, has to go to the bench for the rest of the first half, and Seton Hall just gets outclassed on the boards and they go into halftime down by 12 points. Seton Hall brings Samuel back out with the starters to start the second half. Seton Hall is able to cut the deficit to five or six points. Samuel does pick up his third foul early in the second half. Seton Hall, when they first came out to start the second half, did a good job pressing. They were able to score off of their defense, turning turnovers into points, turnovers into touchdowns, as I like to say. After Samuel picked up his third foul, he remained on the bench for the majority of the game. Iowa quickly went back up double figures, and as time kept going on, Tyree Samuel was still on the bench. Fans were chanting Tyree Samuel's name as they wanted Coach Holloway to sub him back in. Coach Holloway didn't sub Tyree Samuel back in until nearly the under-four timeout, and at that point, down by double figures, the game was over. 
Um, I really didn't understand this move by Coach Holloway. He was asked about it after the game, and he took accountability and said that he put a, he should have put Tyrese in the game earlier. Now, for me personally, I would rather lose with my best player on the floor. Uh, Samuel was able to establish himself early in that game and look dominant on the board. Seton Hall got killed down low without him. Trey Jackson needed to step up. He did not in terms of rebounding and giving them any defensive toughness down low. Iowa had their way with Seton Hall. And in the second half, he picks up that third foul relatively early. But after the under-12 timeout, you got to get him back out there. You cut the lead down to five, six points. Then Iowa quickly goes back up 11, all with him on the bench. You put him in. If he picks up you know, another two fouls, it is what it is. You know, you don't wait until the under four timeout to be down double figures and not know what would happen if he was on the floor. At that point, the game is over. So to me, you have to give this guy an opportunity. Trust him. He's a senior to not pick up those two fouls right away and at least see what he gives you because down low, he was a strong force for them. He was able to, to back his way into the basket, score down low, and he was a force on the boards. He had eight rebounds in limited minutes. He had a near double-double. So he played a very strong game. Uh, obviously was in foul trouble and quite frankly, the refs were pretty one-sided in this game. Now, I don't want to blame that on the loss because I do think that Iowa just basically did what I thought Seton Hall was going to do to them. I thought Seton Hall was going to get very physical with Iowa and that did not happen. It was a complete opposite. Seton Hall got bullied on the boards and that really hurt them. Offensively in this game, a big problem with Seton Hall is their spacing. They get guys who get into the lane, the defenders collapse, then another Seton Hall player is like two feet away from them, they're throwing passes off their shoes or really throwing the ball off their body because they're throwing these passes so hard. There needs to be more spacing. Now, Kadari Richmond did a good job of getting to the basket in this lane in this game. He needs to be featured more offensively. Coach Holloway emphasized after this game that they do need to get him him more looks around the basket, whether that be him backing in a smaller guard because he is a 6'6 point guard or him taking his guy to the basket. Most of the time, he has a smaller guard on him. Kadari does a good job of finishing around the rim. He's a strong body. He's going to draw fouls. In this game, he had 11 points. He was able to get to the rim. Another thing with Richmond is last year, he had a hitch in his jump shot. His jump shot looks much improved. He's shown that he can hit the shot. He needs more opportunities to score. If they're going to go isolation, which I would rather see them run sets, Coach Holloway was known for that in his NCAA tournament run last year with St. Peter's. You saw countless great sets, great cuts, great back screens to get his shooters like Doug Eddard open threes last year. You're not seeing too much of that so far this year. Now you saw Jameer Harris hit a few threes early. I'm not really sure why at this point this year we haven't seen those plays that Coach Holloway was known for. We know he's capable of it. You've seen it. You've seen it on the biggest stage. The only thing that comes to mind for me is that Coach Holloway keeps reiterating the fact that they haven't had the opportunity to practice much five-on-five together because of injuries. So in terms of getting a flow of playing together and the continuity with the playbook, I can see that possibly as to why they're not running these sets. It's still early in the year. I know Seton Hall is going to press a lot, and they're going to score based on their defense, which is important, and it's, it's going to be a focal point of this team because they are gritty. That's what they're going to be known for. The sets and the plays that Coach Holloway runs that we saw last year, you have to think at some point they're going to come into play. He's too good of a coach, and it's shown 
for them not to run them. So I think more or less it's just the continuity of the guys playing together and really getting into the playbook. I think you're going to see that come more as we get closer to conference play. Now in this game, something that I saw that I didn't like too much, there was a lot of isolation with Almir Dawes. Obviously, his shot was off in this game, but he wasn't getting clean looks. Run sets for guys like him, Jameer Harris, get them clean looks. Now, if Seton Hall is in transition and Almir Dawes wants to pull up an open three, no problem with that. He's a good enough shooter, but he wasn't getting off clean shots in this game. You saw him really struggle. You know, you get him a few a few clean looks. He starts making shots early. He feels confident. Maybe he makes some of these harder shots. But nonetheless, in, in terms of the offense, very sloppy, not very many good looks offensively. And it was just a tough game overall for Seton Hall as they fell 83-67. Now, Seton Hall bounced back and beat Wagner 82-44. In, in pregame warm-ups, Trey Davis, who had a strong game against Iowa, had a slight injury. He ended up being out for the game against Wagner. They said it was a slight knee injury. He looked fluid on the bench. He was jumping, celebrating with his teammates. So I wouldn't be concerned about it moving forward. I think it was just a precaution in terms of the competition level they were playing on that day. Obviously, Seton Hall beat Wagner by nearly 40 points. So they didn't need Dre Davis in that game. They are going to need Dre Davis moving forward, especially against Memphis on Thanksgiving night as they get into this ESPN Invitational. But in terms of this game, again, Seton Hall came out of the gate. It was very sloppy offensively. Again, with the spacing, you saw a lot of these guys getting into the lane and trying to get the ball to a teammate who's either right on top of them or their defenders are all draped over these guys because they're getting clogged in the lane and the spacing is poor. And quite frankly, there really weren't too many plays or sets that I saw in the first half and the second half. You saw a better job of Seton Hall in terms of back cuts, getting guys free looks to the basket, rolling off for layups. You saw that a few times for layups and alley-oops. Um, in this game, Alamir Dawes had 19 points. He was 5 of 7 from 3. He did a really good job in transition. Seton Hall's defense was, was really pinpoint this game. Their length, their athleticism was a problem for Wagner. And Seton Hall cashed in on it. They got a lot of clean looks in transition. You saw Alamir Dawes pull up from three at least three times in transition. Really nice, clean looks. Uh, rattled them all in. Didn't even hit the rim. In this game, you had Tyree Samuel with a near double-double, 10 points, 8 rebounds. Casey and Defo, 12 points, 5 rebounds. Femi Adokale, 11 points. And Trey Jackson at 16 points off the bench for Seton Hall. Now, you saw Shaheen Holloway's first lineup change of the season in this game. Coach Holloway started Alamir Dawes over Jameer Harris. I think what you've seen... In terms of Dawes and Harris, Harris is more of a catch-and-shoot guy. He's a really, really good shooter, and he's going to continue to play a pivotal role. Even though he was off the bench, he still played 26 minutes in this game. So these guys are essentially interchangeable. But with Dawes, you see more of the ability to create his own shot. Now, Dawes is small, but he has a quick step to the basket. So he is going to be able to get around defenders and get to the basket. But Dawes also has a few things in his arsenal, such as a step back. He's able to create space to get a jump shot, and he looks fluid in terms of a step back or a crossover into a jump shot. That's more of his game, where if you watch Jameer Harris, Jameer Harris is much more comfortable as a catch-and-shoot guy coming off of curls. He's not really uh, put the ball on the floor, take two steps back, and take a three. That's not really his game. Seton Hall is going to make it a point at some point this year to continue to get these guys' looks off of clean sets, and I think that Dawes... 
give Seton Hall a more of a create-your-own-shot option in the starting lineup where Harris, again, is more of your catch-and-shoot guy. So after this game, Shaheen Holloway had some interesting post-game quotes about recruiting. Obviously, name, image, and likeness now is at the forefront of college basketball. It's harder for smaller schools like Seton Hall to compete with some of these bigger schools in which their donors have much deeper pockets, bigger businesses, and so on. And Seton Hall, as of right now, doesn't have anybody signed for next year. And Coach Holloway talks about how, you know, right now for these high school kids, being able to maximize their earning potential off of their name, image, and likeness, it's, it's extremely crucial and it seems to be what's most important to these players. He, you know, talks about how that, that's unfortunate because that's not the bigger picture. The bigger picture is obviously you want to be able to make money for your family with the name, image, and likeness, but you also want to go to a place where you're going to be able to develop your basketball skills, be in a good environment, get a good education, and so on. But now that name, image, and likeness is at the forefront of recruiting, Seton Hall is going to struggle to get players. You're going to have to kind of rely on what they always have to, to put out good teams. Seton Hall has done a good job of getting guys who are four-year players that they developed. Now, I know Coach Holloway has been in the mix for five and four stars, and he talks about that, how they're in you know the top three or top five schools for these players, but they're not getting them. Well, look at the schools where these players are committing to. You're talking about big-time schools who have donors with deep pockets who can ink some of these kids to million-dollar NIL deals or a couple hundred thousand. I mean, Seton Hall sets, set a few things up NIL-wise. I know they set something up at Bunny's after the blue and white scrimmage for these players, and they set something up at a, a sub shop in West Orange for these guys. But this is really small compared to some of these bigger schools who have guys, you know, signed up with stuff at car dealerships and doing all these big commercials for for bigger companies in which these schools, you know, have a donor who owns a business that allows these guys to, to really make some serious money. Now, Seton Hall doesn't really have many one-and-done players anyway. So, I mean, look at Isaiah Whitehead, right? He, he stayed at Seton Hall for two years. But look at the rest of his class. Kadeen Carrington, Angel Delgado, Desi Rodriguez, Ishmael Sonogo. Carrington, Desi Rodriguez, Angel Delgado, all 1,000-point scorers. Angel Delgado, the leading rebounder in Big East history. These guys all stayed for four years. They went to the NCAA tournament three of their four years in college. That's going to be Seton Hall's bread and butter. Go get these guys who are three stars, lower end four stars, who are going to come to your school, who are going to work hard, who are going to buy into your culture, and you can develop for four years. Yeah, maybe Seton Hall will be able to get one or two higher end four stars because of Coach Holloway, Holloway's name and guys wanting to play for him, but it's going to be hard to compete with these bigger schools whose donors have huge pockets. And it's going to be a disadvantage for Seton Hall. But Seton Hall has to stick to their old path under Kevin Willard. Get these guys who you can develop for four years. Keep recruiting Jersey, New York kids. And you never know. Maybe some some donors will will come in with with some sort of bigger NIL package or, or things that they set up for these players in the future. But as of right now... As Coach Holloway obviously mentioned post-game, so, so it is a big deal because he's talking about it and he is addressing it. The name, image, and likeness is going to be here at the forefront of recruiting in college sports, college football, college basketball for a long time. And it's, it's an interesting topic and 
in terms of now, from my understanding, majority of it, the school isn't giving these players money from its its donors who are who are setting up you know certain opportunities. I know these players are able now. For example, if Kadarishman wants to sell sweatshirts with his name and pictures on it, he can set something up and, and make money off of his name, image, and likeness. But you also have you know donors paying guys for X, Y, and Z to do commercial spots, and, and all that stuff is set up not by the school. The school isn't handing the player a check. It's a donor who's a business owner and, and so on who's doing it. So it'll be really interesting to see how this works out for Seton Hall in the future, but it's something that does not benefit Seton Hall. It's another hurdle that they're going to have to climb. But Coach Holloway, the guy personality-wise, he's the guy to do it. Um, again, it's his first year here. He brought in a lot of transfers, and, and that's something that's going to be big for Seton Hall too, relationships. Shaheen Holloway seems like a big relationship guy. I, I know Shaheen Holloway was the main recruiter for Kyle Anderson. When Kyle Anderson committed to UCLA, he was really close to going to Seton Hall. He was going to go to Seton Hall for a long time now. It's a rumor that UCLA came in with a lot of money at the end. I don't want to say that that's true or not because I, I truthfully don't know. It's just a rumor out there. But he ended up going to UCLA the 12th hour. So Kyle Anderson leaves. But now while Kyle Anderson is at UCLA and Seton Hall is playing, he, and Seton Hall has a big win over Villanova, he's tweeting out things about Seton Hall or when Kyle Anderson's in the NBA. Well, why is that? Because he he kept that relationship. Shaheen Holloway, even though this player went somewhere else, maintained that relationship with them. He didn't just write him off because he signed to another school. Now, that's going to be something that's big for Seton Hall. Seton Hall is going to finish in the top three schools maybe for some of these four or five-star guys who go to a Michigan or an Ohio State or a Duke or a Carolina because they get a big NIL deal. But maybe they go there – their playing time diminishes or they don't have a good relationship with the coach or just a bad experience there overall and they're looking to transfer. Well, Seton Hall is going to be a place where these guys will consider and that's been something that's actually been very beneficial for Seton Hall even under Kevin Willard. They've done a good job of getting guys in a transfer portal and that's going to be something that that plays a big role in terms of Seton Hall's recruiting moving forward. Now, previewing the ESPN Invitational in Florida this week, Seton Hall opens up against Memphis on Thanksgiving night at 7.30. We saved that earlier in the show. On Seton Hall's side of the bracket, you have Stanford, Oklahoma, and Florida State. Florida State is 0-3 to start the season. Now, going into the year, you would have thought Florida State would have been an opportunity for Seton Hall to get a Quadrant 1 win. Now, it looks like in this tournament, Memphis, who's ranked 30th in Ken Palm right now, they're going to be a Quadrant 1 opportunity, and that's Seton Hall's opening game. So you know you at least get one quadrant one opportunity. Now, Oklahoma, if Seton Hall plays them, would be a good opportunity for a win, quad one or quad two there. But Seton Hall lost a quadrant one game at home to Iowa. It's very pivotal that they pick up one of these games in terms of their non-conference. They're going to have quadrant one opportunities against Memphis, at Kansas, and at Rutgers. So you want to get at least one of these games, and obviously Seton Hall needs to do what they have to do in Big East play to strengthen their resume, but in terms of their non-conference resume, this is a big opportunity for Seton Hall. Thanksgiving night, 7.30 ESPN News. Now for Memphis, Memphis is led by senior guard Kendrick Davis. He's averaging 20 points per game, and senior forward DeAndre Williams. He's averaging 15 points and 9 rebounds per game, and they're coached by Penny Hardaway. Now Penny Hardaway has been knocked for being a really bad coach. He always has big-time recruiting classes at Memphis, 
They do a good job bringing in talent. DeAndre Williams is going to be an issue for Seton Hall. Nearly averaging a double-double. He's averaging, like we stated, 15 points, 9 rebounds a game. Now, if he's able to establish himself, you got to figure he's going to get his. But Tyree Samuel should be able to combat some of what he does. Tyree Samuel cannot afford to get an early foul trouble like he did against Iowa. Look at what happened when he went to the bench in that game. They relied on Trey Jackson. Trey Jackson wasn't able to give him much defensively and on the boards. So this is a big game where Tyree Samuel needs to stay out of foul trouble, really try to combat what DeAndre Williams does down low for Memphis, and give Seton Hall an anchor with him, Casey and Defo, Trey Jackson, and Tay Davis off the bench. But Tyree Samuel and Defo are going to be pivotal for Seton Hall in this game. Pivotal. And another thing is Seton Hall needs to get into more of an offensive flow. Whether that be to start seeing some more sets, I, I, I was really encouraged in what I saw with Alamir Dawes against Wagner. Now it is only Wagner, but his jump shot is really pure. If he's able to get open looks, he's going to knock him down. He looks really comfortable in transition. You know Seton Hall is going to press. You know Seton Hall is going to want to get out in transition. And maybe him pulling up from three in transition is something that helps spark them. But it's going to be something to monitor moving forward. Now, him in the starting lineup, I also like too because it gives him a guy who can create his own shot. But this is the game where I want to see Seton Hall establish Kadari Richmond down low. Establish Kadari Richmond in the paint. Kadari Richmond is a big guard. Last year against Connecticut, he really went to work against R.J. Cole, who was one of the best guards in the league. But look at the size advantage. R.J. Cole is under six foot. Kadari Richmond six foot six. He was able to use his big, strong body, take R.J. Cole either to the basket or back him into the basket. This is something, especially if Seton Hall is going to continue to struggle offensively and not really run too many sets. If they want to run isolation, he's the guy to isolate especially if there's a smaller guard on him. He's too good of a player to have three or five-point games. Now, he's had a few double-figure games, but he's also had a few games where he scores, you know, four or five points. He's too good of a player. He needs to be a double-figure scorer. He's going to facilitate. Seton Hall is going to have multiple guys scoring double figures or be close to double-figure scoring, especially with how Shaheen Holloway allocates his minutes to his players. But if Seton Hall wants to be successful in this tournament, either you're going to start seeing some of the sets that Coach Holloway ran in the NCAA tournament last year for his shooters. You're going to see either Dawes or Harris getting clean looks coming off of curls. Or you're going to see maybe some more of what they did against Wagner with some of these back cuts for their bigs like a Samuel or a Trey Jackson who are athletic. Get them off of a back cut, go into the basket with a step or two on a defender. They're going to finish or they're going to get fouled. I think you're going to see some of that too. You started to see a little bit of it in the second half against Wagner in terms of getting guys off of a roll, off of a back cut, clean looks to the basket for layups. So that's something I think you're going to see, but I think you're going to start seeing more sets, more curls for some of these three-point shooters. But if Seton Hall wants to go isolation, the guy to isolate is Kadari Richmond. And I can't emphasize it enough. He was second team all Big East preseason for a reason. And I think it's going to be time for them to establish it. And it's time for him to start showing it because he's too good of a player. Now, with that being said, I hope you guys enjoy your Thanksgiving. Again, tip-off for Seton Hall Memphis. 
7.30, Thanksgiving night. Enjoy your turkey, all your sides, everything like that. Sit down. Hopefully you're not too tired. Don't fall asleep and watch the game. And uh, we will come back with a podcast recapping the ESPN Invitational. Seton Hall will play two or three games. I know their first game is Thursday. I believe the last game of the tournament is on Sunday. Obviously, we don't know who they'll play in the field besides Memphis since that's their first game. We don't know who else is going to win and so on. But we established who's in the field. So more than likely, they'll either see an Oklahoma, a Stanford, or a Florida State. Hopefully, Seton Hall is able to pick up this uh, quad one game against Memphis on Thanksgiving night. But we'll come back with a podcast recapping the tournament next week. And then we'll preview Seton Hall's big game on December 1st at Kansas. So again, have a happy Thanksgiving and let's go Pirates.